Hi, this is Pastor Matt, and I want to welcome you to our Blue Oaks Church podcast. At the end of this episode, feel free to download our Blue Oaks Church app, where you'll be able to access resources, events, and ways to get connected at Blue Oaks and in the community. The app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend, and it's the easiest way to keep up with everything going on around Blue Oaks. Most importantly, though, I just hope that you enjoy this episode and it inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Today, we're going to look at one verse of scripture from the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, The verse is Matthew 5.13, from the greatest teaching ever taught. Uh, This is right after the Beatitudes, uh, these words of blessing to people who are regarded as the most deprived, the most insignificant in the world, how they can now be blessed by living in the kingdom of God. So this is what Jesus said to this uh, sad, spiritually poor, meek and mild crowd. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Now, what I've learned about this verse is there's wide disagreement in scholarly circles about the reason Jesus chose salt as a metaphor. There's also an equal amount of debate on the kind of light Jesus references in the next verse, which we'll get to next week. And after wading through many pages of these kinds of arguments, I remember why I didn't like seminary. Uh, Because it was this kind of stuff that just drove me nuts. And so I want you to think of this text. And I want to ask you to use your brain today. Think about this. What was the central point Jesus was making when he said, you are the salt of the earth? What was the central point Jesus was making? As I've thought about this this week, I think it can be summarized in these three words. Make a difference. It could be make an impact, Uh, it could be have an effect, it could be uh, be an influence. Uh, We all want to make a difference in this world, don't we? I mean, no one tries out for a sports team and wants to sit on the bench. No one gives a gift to someone and hopes it never gets opened. No one devotes years of service to a company and hopes when they retire, no one will notice. No one dreams of Uh, dying and having an unattended funeral. We all want to make a difference and not just for ourselves. Like no one hopes that at his memorial service, someone will stand up and say, you know, he worked hard to be successful. He did a good job of acquiring power and money. Uh, He was anxious, but he was driven. You know, he was self-preoccupied, but he was polite. We want to leave the world a little changed. You know, when it's time to go, we want someone to say, my life is better. My world is bigger. My faith is stronger. I'm a better person because this human being walked the planet for a while. She made a difference. He changed my life. We don't want to be space takers. We don't want to be resume builders. We want to be difference makers. And that desire to make a difference is not a bad thing. It's actually one of the most important things about you. Now, this gets messed up because of sin and ego sometimes, but we were created by God to make a difference. That's why Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You were made to make a difference. Jesus opens the Sermon on the Mount by talking about the good life, who is blessed. And the very next thing he says is, you are the salt of the earth. 
and understand exactly what Jesus meant by this, you have to understand that salt played a much more central role in Jesus's world than it does in ours. I talked about this recently, but it's important that I address this again in this series for those of you who missed it, because this is such an important statement in the Sermon on the Mount. What's the number one use of salt in the United States today? If you're with someone, tell them what you think it is. What's the number one use of salt in the U.S. today? More than 50% of all salt that's produced in the U.S. is used to de-ice roads. Now, that was not true for Jesus. Uh, when Jesus came to this earth, he did not come to a place where roads were covered by ice and snow uh, because he knew it was not God's will that people should live in those kinds of places. Over 50% of salt is used to de-ice roads. Only 8% of salt produced in America is used as table salt. In the ancient world, it was a different story. Uh, people discovered that there was something about salt that uh, makes it a preservative. It, it kept decay and corruption from setting in. In the ancient world, uh, dead bodies were much more common than they are in our world, and decay uh, was a horror. There's a verse in the Psalms that says, you will not allow your Holy One to see decay. People discovered that there's something about salt that arrests decay. And so it's almost like magic. They found that if they used salt, they could preserve food for times of famine so that it literally contributed to an outcome of life or death. Uh, they discovered that it was a purifying agent because it destroys bacteria. They discovered that it brings delight to people who are eating because there are special taste buds on your tongue that are designed to respond to salt. So salt became highly prized. Uh, most of the ancient cities in Italy, including Rome, were founded on salt works. Uh, Romans used it to pay soldiers. Uh, the Latin word for salt is the word sal. Um, that's where we get the word salary from because it, it was, salt was used to pay soldiers. That's where uh, we get the expression, he is worth his salt. Uh, in the book Salt, A World History, a New York Times bestseller, Mark Kurlansky wrote, in the ancient world, salt was one of the most common factors that provoked and financed wars. People went to war over salt. In fact, that's why we say when one country is attacked that it has been assaulted. Okay, that's not true. I just made that up. Uh, we can't understand what Jesus is saying unless we understand that in the ancient world, salt was prized. Plato said salt was dear to the gods. Homer said it was a divine substance. It was prized. It was a currency. Nations went to war over it. Empires were built around it. And Jesus, when he's talking to this undistinguished crowd of people, says that God's plan to protect the world from decay and corruption, to uh, purify it, to bring whatever flavor it's gonna have is you and me. It's his followers. You are the salt of the earth. Today, when we talk about people being the, the salt of the earth, we mean something like, you know, that person is humble or that person is honest or hardworking. Jesus is giving us a much more expansive identity when he says salt of the earth. Something more along the lines of, you are precious, you are essential, you preserve the good, you uh, purify the corrupt and contaminated. 
Don't forget who Jesus was speaking to. Remember who the audience was. It's the have-nots of the world. It's the forgotten and the forsaken. And he gives this massive, expansive definition. Now, there are some sobering implications to this. One of which is, salt does not exist for its own sake. When was the last time you went to someone's home for a meal and said, man, this is great salt. Wow, where did you get this salt? I think I'm gonna have to change brands. You know, salt doesn't call attention to itself. Growing up in Chicago, uh, I thought all salt was the same. Uh, but now that I live in California, I found out that it's not. There's gourmet salt, uh, rock salt, sea salt, you know, special kinds of salt. Only in California would people turn salt into a kind of status thing. But in Jesus' day, it wasn't. Salt was just salt. It doesn't call attention to itself. No one gets hungry and says, I think I'll go home and have a bowl of salt. Salt's calling is to lose itself into something more than itself. That's when it fulfills its purpose. And maybe you just need to meditate on that truth this week and the implications of it. The other implication is, if you're salt and you're gonna be used by God, you've gotta get out of the salt shaker. Another way to put this is, you've gotta say a little prayer. God, use me. You know, something powerful happens when someone prays that prayer. God, use me. I was thinking about this. You know, I've heard people say they've prayed for a lot of things that never came. You know, I've prayed for a, a certain house or a relationship or a job or whatever. But you know what I've never heard in my whole life? I've never heard someone say, I've prayed urgently, persistently, day after day, year after year, for God to use me to do good in this world, but it never happened. I think God will answer that prayer. I think he'll give you lots of opportunities to do good if you pray that little prayer, God use me. And I'll tell you a little secret. The people who pray the God use me prayer are the most joyful people you will ever know. It's, like, it's ironic because people think, you know, I don't have time to serve other people. I don't have time to do good in this world. There's just too much going on in my life. It'll drain me. The reality is the most joyful human beings on the planet are those whose lives are given to God to be used by him. Because if you're willing to pray that God use me prayer, knowing that it's a dangerous prayer, Jesus really will do it. He really will. And you will go on an adventure with God. You will experience a sense of being part of an agenda that's bigger than, you know, how am I doing? How's my life? How's my comfort? How's my portfolio? Just think what might happen in our little part of the world if everyone at Blue Oaks were to pray, God, use me. I'm available. Use me. And you know, if you do, one person who says that little prayer, God, use me, can change the world. And as I was thinking about that this week, I couldn't help but think of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. You know, he prayed, God use me. And God inspired a nation through his vision. The vision that all human beings can exist in a society where race is not an issue in how people are treated or how they're allowed to live their lives. He was the salt of the earth by putting his life on the line for freedom and justice every day in the mission for racial equality. He also inspired our nation with his nonviolent approach. I mean, he was arrested 29 times, and yet he refused to return violence 
in the same manner of his oppressors. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you. I think he understood what Jesus meant by that. You know, the efforts of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. changed our society and the world for the better because he was willing to get out of the salt shaker. Never underestimate the power of one person who is willing to make a difference with their one and only life. One difference maker can change the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are it. You know what, Blue Oaks Church is not here just to provide an interesting online experience. We're not here just to give you information to ponder. We're not here so that you can feel safe and comfortable. Salt does not exist for its own sake. It doesn't exist for itself. We're here to permeate a dying world in a way that salt permeates food. An interesting thing is, Jesus is not giving a command here. He doesn't say, try to be salty or work hard to get saltier. He's simply making an observation. You are the salt of the earth. All right, in a moment, we'll look at what Jesus said next and we'll look at more of the implications for you and me. I believe at a point in time, probably at many points in your life, you've had that internal desire to make a difference. Maybe it's to be the parent to your kids that your parents weren't to you. Or in your company to, to chart a course that values your employees and maximizes profits. It could be through your involvement in politics or working on social issues. Whatever it might be, you want to have an impact to leave something or someone different than before. Well, Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. As a follower of Jesus, living a Christ-centered life, you are salt. And just as salt serves a purpose, you and I have the opportunity to serve with a purpose. You see, the goal of serving, using your spiritual gifts and your natural talents, is not to impress others on social media or build a reputation for yourself or gain approval from God. You serve to make a difference. Think what could happen if every one of us were to pray, God, use me. And I mean everyone. Throughout February, our kids' ministry will be joining our partner organizations to serve our local community. Each Sunday, kids will be serving in, in age-appropriate ways, as well as with Night to Shine, Compassion International, and with some of our care home communities. There are many different ways you can serve at Blue Oaks on just about any day of the week, both in person and online. We desire to help you find your best fit, the opportunity that matches how God has wired you. Now, we'd love to have a conversation with you and help you explore your next step. Take a moment today to head to the latest news, scroll down to serve, and let us know you're ready to become a difference maker. Well, let's rejoin Matt and discover the implications of Jesus's words for you and me. So Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. Uh, those words are so powerful, they're often framed and hung on walls. But Jesus goes on, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. 
Now, why did Jesus have to go and say that? I mean, it felt so good until now. We don't see those words framed and hung on walls. This is the kind of thing that made people uncomfortable when Jesus said it. This is the kind of thing that makes people come up to a teacher afterward and say, you know, give me some kind of secret meaning behind the Greek word so that it doesn't mean what it looks like it means. Here's what our culture will try to do to us. It'll try to seduce us to serve it rather than God, making us useless, no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Our culture will try to seduce you to spend your life being too busy, being too driven, too preoccupied with whatever, career, money, status. And I'll tell you what my concern is. Our culture will try to seduce you into making the church just kind of a stress management tool. You know, in the bottle of aspirin, there are the words fast, soothing, temporary relief from pain. Our culture will try to seduce you to bow to it. And then if it can't keep you away from God and his community, to kind of just turn it into fast, soothing, temporary relief from pain. But then you go out and you're still enslaved by all the things that everyone else in this crazy culture is enslaved to. And Jesus says, no, that's not the plan. You are the salt of the earth. You know, I see people sometimes who uh, go to church year after year and they stay on this same crazy treadmill, just overworked, overcommitted, overextended financially, still praying about the same stuff they were praying about 10 years ago. And the real reason underneath it, if they're honest about it, is that they've never made the decision that they're gonna die to the culture. And so their prayers tend to be along the lines of, you know, God, relieve me of all the stress and pressure that I'm under, but let me keep chasing after all the stuff everyone else is chasing after. I wonder if you're willing to say today, Jesus, I will die to this culture and I will be fully available to be used by you. Now, the good news is that when someone in God's community gets salty, it becomes contagious. When you become a difference maker, uh, because it's really Jesus at work, other people look at you and are reminded that they want their lives to make a difference too. I mean, that's what we all want. We all want to be used by God to make a difference in this world. In God's plan to fight the decay and corruption of this sorry, dark world is you and me. And Jesus is looking for someone who will say, I will die to the culture. I will not live in slavery to its values and spend my lifetime and energy according to it. And then use the church as like a, an occasional temporary stress management pain reliever. I will live as the salt of the earth. I will allow you to flow through me in it. You know, in the Beatitudes, we learned that uh, the surprise of the kingdom of God is that it's not limited to just a select few people who have like degrees and credentials. The kingdom of God is open to anyone who would come in. Well, there's another surprise in the section that we're looking at, and that is the average everyday people can make a difference. Not necessarily in like spectacular headline grabbing ways, but in practical everyday ways. And if all Christ followers would commit themselves to this, man, the, the world would really be a better place to live. 
So Jesus is calling every one of his followers, everyone. There are no exceptions to this. He is calling you and he is calling me to make a difference. I really think this is the central point Jesus was making when he said, you are the salt of the earth. He was saying, look, you spiritually poor, sometimes sad, meek, and mild, you should make a difference. Don't just sit back and think that the angel's job is to do that. Don't just think that it's the scribes and the Pharisees' job. Don't think it's the religious professional's job to do that. Jesus said, it's your job. Don't shrink back. Don't back down. Keep your salt salty, Jesus says. I don't want you just to subscribe to my teachings. I don't want you just to enthusiastically engage in the religious drills associated with my teachings. Jesus kind of throws down the gauntlet, you know, pretty early on in the Sermon on the Mount. And he says, it is action time. It's time for you to begin to think about how you're going to make a difference in this world. Now, how do you become a difference maker? How do you become a person who makes a difference? How does this happen? in your life and mine. Well, this is what Jesus taught in John 15, verse five. This is what he said. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a person abides in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So do you wanna bear fruit? Uh, Do you wanna make a difference? Do you wanna uh, be the salt of the earth? Well, you have to abide in Christ. You see, this is where it all begins. I mean, you're just dreaming if you think that you'll become a person who makes a difference in the kingdom of God if you don't first learn how to abide in Christ, how to walk with Christ, how to walk with Jesus Christ in the average, everyday place where you live. You know, that's what Martin Luther King Jr. did. He became a person who learned to walk with Christ and then God began to work in his life and God gave him a challenge to be the salt of the earth in his day in a way that would make a difference, not just for our society, uh, but for my family, for my two black children. You know, the impact of Martin Luther King Jr. is felt very practically in my family. And so here's a question I wanna ask you, and I really mean this today. How is your walk with Christ these days? Is he the top spot of your life? You might say, well, yeah, you know, I, I think he is. I mean, that's what my life is about mostly. No, is he the unquestioned, unparalleled, uncompromising top spot in your life? Is he the leader and you follow him? Is he the one you have unquestioned allegiance to and loyalty to? What he says goes. Where he tells you to go, you go. What he tells you to do, you do. What he tells you to stop doing, you stop doing. Is it that way in your life? And do you enjoy uh, the awareness of his presence and power in your life? Do you hear his promptings? Do you respond to them? Are you enjoying a life of abiding in Christ these days? Let me tell you what the baseline is for this kind of life. I mean, if you wanna be the salt of the earth, it starts with this. You've got to spend time with God on a daily basis. If God is going to speak to you about the unique way that he wants you to make a difference in this world, it's most likely going to be through spending time with him, through prayer 
and through reading his word. Abide in him. Apart from him, you can do nothing. All right, one last thing and we'll be done. You know, last week we looked at how Jesus said, those who are persecuted will be blessed in his kingdom. Now, this is amazing to me related to being the salt of the earth. People who were opposed to the early church thought they would stop it by persecuting it. I mean, they sent leaders into prisons. Guess what happened? The prisons started to get salty. They said, we'll stop the church by kicking everyone out of Jerusalem. I mean, you go back to the book of Acts, the believers get kicked out of Jerusalem and guess what happens? The whole region, first of which is Asia Minor, starts to get salty. The idea idea that you could stop the early church by spreading Christians around, I mean, that was just getting the salt out of the salt shaker. You are the salt of the earth. All you have to do is just get out into your world and it starts to permeate your home and your work and your neighborhood and someone else's neighborhood and your school and someone else's school. You are the salt of the earth. It doesn't matter how old or young you are. It doesn't matter what your title is or whether or not you have one. You are the salt of the earth. Do you have any idea what Jesus could do with a church full of people who say, all right, God, the number one priority of my life, what I will do between now and my last day is to be used by you. Everything I've got, my time, my gifts, Whatever they are, my money, however it looks, big or small, whatever I've got is yours. I want to get out of the salt shaker and I want to be the salt of the earth for you. Do you have any idea? And so here's what we're going to do. My job and your job for the next several days is to say that little prayer. God, use me. Spend time with God through reading the Bible and prayer and ask him how he wants to use you to make a difference in your little part of the world because you are the salt of the earth. That's what Jesus said about you if you're a follower of his. It doesn't matter how you've messed up or what you've done in your life. You are the salt of the earth. So let's go do what Jesus said. Let's go make a difference for him in this world. I'll close with this. This is what the Apostle Paul said. I hope you kind of take this with you into your week. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. All right, let me pray for you, and then Michaela and the team will lead us in a closing song. God, I pray that we would spend the time that we need to spend with you abiding in Christ so that we can actually become the kind of people that you want us to be in this world so that we could be your salt of the earth that has an effect. God, help us to make a difference. Would you give us a unique calling? Give us a unique uh, mission that you want us to accomplish as a church and as individuals. God, I know that it starts though with us spending time with you in prayer and spending time in your word because that's where you speak to us about these kinds of things. So God, I pray this week as we spend time in your word and as we spend time with you, um, that you would respond to our heart's desire, which is God, use me. Help us to know how you want to use us and help us to take those steps forward and help us to go out 
to get out of the salt shaker and be your salt in this world. And we look forward to what you're going to do in and through us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. We hope you found something in this week's message to take away and apply to your life this week. Uh, If you live in the Bay Area, we would love to have you join us for one of our weekend services. Uh, For directions or information about what we have for you or your family, your students, you can go to blueoaks.church or download the app today. Uh, And we hope to see you on Sunday soon.